Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to Weekend Warriors. I'm CNN's S.E. Cup. Former Secretary of State John Kerry has been making the rounds recently, promoting his memoir, Every Day is Extra. His media tour has given rise to presidential campaign rumors, which the secretary has deflected but not denied. Kerry's resurgence has caused our current president some agita, which, of course, he's unleashed on Twitter. The specific reason for that anger is news that Kerry has held meetings in his unofficial capacity with Iran's foreign minister. The Trump administration sees that as, quote, unprecedented shadow diplomacy. After four years as the nation's top diplomat under the Obama administration, it's fair to say Kerry's had a significant imprint, both good and bad, on our country's foreign policy. I want to talk about that with my friend, Republican Congressman from Illinois, Adam Kinzinger. Uh, Thanks for joining Weekend Warriors, Congressman. Yeah, yeah, you bet. It's good to be here. Okay, uh, so the news that John Kerry is meeting with foreign leaders uh, as a civilian, he defends as very common among former diplomats. Is that right? You know, I don't think so. And and I think meeting with leaders is is one thing. I think going to Iran and meeting with an adversary and frankly undermining U.S. foreign policy to me is absolutely disgusting and unprecedented. And and to say things like, hey, just wait out the Trump administration, that is very counter. You may not like President Trump. You may not have voted for President Trump. You may pray that President Trump is not reelected. That's fine. And and go out and campaign for it and run for president if you want to. But to go overseas and undermine the foreign policy, I think my friends on the other side of the aisle and and frankly on all ends of this debate have to think about the long-term implications of that. There will be a day, whether it's in two or six years, when Trump isn't president, do we want to get to a point where every time we disagree with a president's decision, uh, people are going to go overseas and try to undermine it and say, just wait till the next administration. It's disgusting, frankly. And it's, you know, I I thought higher of John Kerry. I don't agree a lot with his policies, but I I thought much higher of him uh, than I do now after this. Well, yeah, one of one of those people who might go overseas, uh, you know, would be Secretary of State Mike Pompeo when there's another administration. Um, He He and Trump are calling this shadow diplomacy. Uh, Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I I think that's actually even mild compared to what I would say. I think I I know Mike Pompeo well. Uh, he's an amazing patriot, and uh, and I think uh, the anger he showed was probably only a tenth of the anger he felt, which is, look, I mean, there, there's only one president at a time. And, and, you know, members of Congress and the Senate, we have the ability to go overseas and kind of do some diplomacy because we're a separate branch of government. We have right. our own functions with other countries. But a former member of an administration to go over and say, hey, just wait this president out. When you're dealing with something as big as nuclear weapons, behavior in the Middle East, uh, it's it's unprecedented. And again, it bears repeating. I had so much more respect for John Kerry just as a man uh, than I do now, because I just I, I feel like he's he's gone way beyond the pale. So as part of his book tour, he was on HBO uh, Bill Maher's show real time. And 
During his interview, he brought up Syria, an issue and a crisis that you and I have talked a lot about. Take a listen. Here's what he had to say. I said during our administration that I believe that we dealt with more crises simultaneously with greater impact on behalf of our country than at any time in history, from the South China Sea to, to, to what's happening in Central Asia, Afghanistan, Pakistan, uh, what was happening in Syria. Now, it didn't all have the outcomes that we wanted to achieve. And I write in my book, I mean, Syria remains the open wound. It's a failure of the entire international community to, to make the peace. But, but we tried. We cared. I always said to my folks in the department, don't be scared to get caught trying. Right. And that's what we did. And the trying saved lives. We got a ceasefire <clears throat> here, a ceasefire there. For those people in that ceasefire for three weeks or a month or two months, they're alive today. And they wouldn't have been if we hadn't done that. But I always argued we needed some way of holding us out a little more accountable. Uh, Congressman, a ceasefire here, a ceasefire there. What do you make of his assessment of the handling of Syria under his administration? Well, I think I think he's trying to to kind of rewrite history now. Now, to his credit, I know that during the red line, specifically that incident, I know John Kerry was very aggressive about the need to enforce the red line, and it was President yeah. Obama that overruled him, um, and, and so he gets credit for that. But you know, you look at what happened the 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 sheer inaction in Syria, the rise of ISIS. You look at the you know in Asia, the building of the fake islands, and the and the growth of China, despite the fact that China, you know we said we were pivoting to. Asia. Um, and, and you look at the invasion of Ukraine, the invasion, uh, you know, the continuing war in Ukraine, the undermining of democracies in Europe. Uh, there's not a lot of areas I can point to, frankly, under the last administration where there are a lot of foreign policy gains. We left Iraq at the end of 2011, and a lot of us predicted exactly what would happen, which is the rise of a group like ISIS. And so, right. you know, look, I, I don't like to continue to throw stones, but when somebody else in the past tries to rewrite history and say they did it better, I think it's important to point out the truth. Well, I also think it's important to point out John Kerry, when talking about Syria, forgot to mention that chemical weapons deal that he he negotiated with Assad and Putin. Um, we know how that went. You know, how, how long can he continue to sort of, uh, you know, pretend that never happened? Well, I think as long as people pretend to believe him, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember after that, he said, look, you know, we have a huge success. Syria's destroyed all their chemical weapons. Now in this revisionalist history that he's trying to do, he says, well, they destroyed all the declared weapons. We still knew they had other chemical weapons. I'm like, my goodness, if you knew they had other chemical weapons, how about maybe tack that onto the deal with Russia, too? Yeah. Um, I mean, hey, we know about the secret weapons. Why don't you kill those, too? And so, you know, again, I have respect for his service to his country, mm -hmm. but I am very disappointed in this. And frankly, to be honest with you, SC, this is kind of reminiscent of a younger John Kerry's talking about Gingis, who have never heard the word Gingis before, but Genghis <laughs> Khan, you know, right. tearing off limbs like he uh. did, like he did in uh, undermining <laughs> our troops in Vietnam. And so, um, look, I, I, I hope that John yeah. Kerry's not coming back. Well, he might be, because I'm hearing he is actually going to run for president in 2020. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm being told uh, confidentially by some folks. How do you think his foreign policy resume will set him up for a potential 2020 run? 
Well, it'll probably be way better than about everybody else they're putting up because there's going to be a lot of candidates <laughs> from the ultra served. far left that want to slap. <laughs> yeah, I mean that want to. He'll look like a conservative in comparison. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, look, as a Republican, I hope he runs because I think it'll remind you know people of kind of uh, the you know the, the Democratic Party as the party of people that have been you know with Nancy Pelosi at the helm and everything else. So, uh, yeah, I think probably compared to every other Democrat, he's probably going to have a stronger resume. Uh, but I personally would not like to see John Kerry be president in 2020, but maybe I'd like to see him as a candidate. All right, we got you on the record on that. Um, <laughs> another person considering go. considering a run uh, is Joe Biden. I know you remember this, but you know he was brought onto Obama's ticket precisely because of his foreign policy expertise. Uh, between Biden and Kerry, who do you think has the better foreign policy record? I think Joe Biden for sure. Uh, I, I think he was wrong in Iraq. He wanted to just divide up Iraq and leave. I think that is going to be kind of a stain on his on his foreign policy credentials. And and frankly, he didn't talk a lot about foreign policy as vice president because he kind of had to do what the president said. So we right. didn't see a lot of independence, which is understandable. But I think if I'm a Democrat, I'm looking at you know who's the strongest candidate. Probably somebody like Joe Biden. I think Joe Biden can compete with uh, President Trump's ability to kind of talk to the blue collar to the middle class and. And I think Joe, Joe Biden, frankly, probably has a, a much better foreign policy rate. And the other thing is, I mean, look, you see John Kerry, you kind of see Northeast elitist, unfair or fair. When you see Joe Biden, you kind of see everyday Scranton, Pennsylvania. And so, totally. but again, yeah. I think the Democratic Party is dealing with what the Republican Party has dealt with in the past, which is the far left, I think, is going to make the decision of who's going to be their candidate in 2020. Well, 2020 is starting to look a whole lot like 20, uh, 2004. <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll, yeah. uh, we'll take the nostalgia. Congressman Adam Kinzinger, thanks for joining uh, Weekend Warriors. <laughs> and, and it starts now. It's going to start like now. I know, right now. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> Get uh, some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Essie. <laughs> All right, take care.